everybody, and welcome to the Punch Like a Girl podcast. I'm Nathaniel. And I'm Liv. And this is the show where we take a look at graphic novels and trade compilations with female protagonists. And in honor of the upcoming film Ant-Man and the Wasp, Liz acquired, uh, for me actually, you gave this to me as a gift, and then we said, well, let's, let's do it, uh, The Unstoppable Wasp, Volume 1, um, titled Unstoppable. So, would, I'll just ask this, was there any particular reason that you had selected this one to, to gift me with, or just because, like, I bet, I bet he'll like that? <laughs> um, well, I saw it on your list, your Amazon list, and I knew the movie was coming out, and I thought it was actually more, might have something to do with the movie, which I don't think it has very much at all. No, nope. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah, oops. Um, but I'm, I'm kind of glad I did get it for you, because now I might be ordering it for my library, so. Oh, well, that, <laughs> that that's, a, that's a promising tease. So let, let's... Let's get into this uh, b before we start get, getting too much into our opinions on it. So, uh, The Unstoppable Wasp was written by Jeremy Whitley. The art is by Elsa uh, Charitier? Yeah. Yeah, so. we'll go with well, that. Yep. Uh, we'll go with that. Coloring was by uh, Megan Wilson, and lettering was by Joe Caramagna. And... And there's um, some different cover artists. We've got editors, blah, 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 blah. So this is picking up actually on a character who I did not know. This is, this is Nadia, who is the latest wasp. Mm -hmm. So she is neither the classic wasp, nor is she the wasp that appears in the film. Although, to be fair, the wasp that appears in the film isn't really any wasp because the film is hope van dyne mm -hmm. who is hank pym and janet the original wasps daughter mm -hmm. who in the comics doesn't really exist hope uh. hope van dyne was the name of an alternate universe child that they had but she was a villain called the red queen oh. so the movie kind of did a weird amalgam with what they opted to do. So this is a this is a completely new character. I I believe fairly recently introduced. I think she's kind of along with the new Avengers cuz we see some of them like Kamala Khan and um there's there's pictures of the others and they're mentioned. There's her and and we we have Bobby Morse showing up and yeah, so yes. we'll, we'll get to all that. So she is she is a fairly recent um, arrival to the United States, having basically escaped from the Red Room, which was the same uh, Russian-based project that gave us Black Widow. Mm-hmm. She was mentioned briefly in this. She is. And... I hope she makes an appearance in the latter, like, later uh, issues. That would be really cool. They could have a lot to share. They, they, they could swap notes. Uh-huh. On, on how awful the Red Room is. Yeah. So Nadia is she, well. She's doing a lot. So she does have she does have her own suit. She basically uh, she is um, Hank Pym's daughter. Um, had with a woman who I guess they they retconned that uh, they were together before Hank was with Janet. Um, and Nadia's mother was captured and is believed dead. Mm 
-hmm. So he then later remarried Janet. And at, at time that this is set, uh, Hank is also dead. Mm -hmm. So Nadia, knowing she, or at least believing um, that she was his daughter, worked on his kind of um, stuff, basically discovered Pym particles, which is what uh, in the Marvel Universe is used to shrink or grow stuff. Mm -hmm. And then use that to make her Megan. own. Megan. Yeah. <laughs> Other than though, Kamala kind of has her own power. Yeah. So she she figured that stuff out on her own, and then used that to escape the Red Room, and then come to the U.S. hoping to meet her father, only to find out, oh, he's dead. <laughs> so here she is running in. She um, is initially kind of being escorted by uh, by Kamala Khan, and then later gets basically handed off to Jarvis, who is the um, the Avengers butler. Mm -hmm. They have a great, cute, adorable relationship. He's very protective of her, and she's she has to save him multiple times. She does. So the, the mission that she sets for herself... Is a great one. Is basically to create a female-based um, research lab. Because, like, she finds out, and this, like, stuns her stupid. And, she, like, she gets really frustrated by this, that, like, there's only one girl on the list of, like, the hundred smartest people well, there's, in the world or something like that. There's multiple ones, but number one is the girl, nine-year-old girl genius. And then the next woman comes in at, I think, 27. It's way, way down the list. And she's like, this, this can't be right. So she makes it her mission to find girls that she believes are being overlooked because the people who are fostering all of the the advances are men. And she, and she makes the supposition they're looking for people like them. They, are, they have an inherent bias. I'm going to find the overlooked geniuses. So she starts girl the genius in action research lab which is great however one pet peeve the acronym doesn't work because yeah the a is not there i i get that they wanted to spell girl but this is like a weird pet peeve of mine <laughs> when you want to spell something so you leave a like an actual word out as a letter and it's it drove me crazy throughout the whole thing it's i realize it's probably not anyone else's pet peeve but it's just I was like, but it's girl, or it's like girl, or it's like. Or, or honestly, because in is a word that you could get away with not having as part of the acronym because it's a, just a connecting word. It's not a descriptive one, so it could be garl. Garl, but action is a big word. Yeah. Like you gotta put it. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we found the nitpick. That um, is like one of my few nitpicks, but that that is my. Oh. But having set herself this task, she basically goes about recruiting, and we and she runs into, uh, or she attempts to recruit uh, Lunella, also known as Moon Girl, aka the smartest human being on the planet. There's um, Tana, who makes little robots. There's Lashayla, uh, who is Lashayla, who awesome. is attempting to build a teleporter in her apartment, mm -hmm. much to her dad's blood pressure. Um, there's Priya, who is very smart, but also desperately trying to be cool. So that's at odds. Um, she has a couple of run-ins. There's a, there's a bit of an incident with giant, um, well, there's devil dinosaur fighting things like a giant rat and then a big raccoon. 
Um, Which is pretty adorable. Yep, we've got a giant robot um, early on, and that and that involves with Mockingbird. That involves Mockingbird, aka Bobby Morse. Ooh, her interactions with her are so cute because she's like, "Who? What are these girls talking about?" Because like Kamala, Kamala's even more into the pop culture references and even dorkier here than she was in the Miss Marvel volume we read. <laughs> I was really impressed. I was like, wow, they even magnified that. Like, oh, it's great. And she's just like, what is going on with these girls at first? But then, um, then Nadia gives her a pretty big compliment and is like, oh my gosh, I look up for you to you so much. You inspire me. And then she you know, Mockingbird starts crying well, and it's so cute and they hug and she needs multiple hugs from Nadia. I, I think everyone needs a Nadia hug. What what was what I really loved about her interaction with Mockingbird was that what basically sort of cracks Mockingbird's shell is the fact that Nadia admires her not as a superhero but as a scientist. And Mockingbird basically says like Nobody even remembers that I'm also a scientist. Know, they just think that I hit things with sticks. I know, and I'm Hawkeye's ex-wife, which is what happens. Like, what was the Olympics where they were like, this woman who won like a medal, they were like so-and-so's wife or whatever. I, I don't follow the Olympics, oh, but... Oh, there was something or... Like, it, it, this always happens where some woman who is renowned for what she does, top of their field, and they're like, is so-and-so's wife or so-and-so's daughter, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, that was just... <laughs> uh, so, I, I, I'm getting the the vague impression that you liked this. I adored it. I think this is my favorite of the trade ones we've read. Wow. Um, I would put it second to um, Nimona. I still really love Nimona. Nimona, I have to give some points for being complex and also getting the cuteness in and being complete. Um, the artwork in this is better. This is the cutest one like we've read, <laughs> I you think. You squeed a lot reading this. I was I was sitting next to you while you were reading the the second half of this, and yeah, you squeed a lot. Pretty much the introduction of any of the girls that she wanted to get in her laboratory, I squeed at. Um, definitely Lunella. Um, I think both Tanya and her sister were, <laughs> got a squee. Um, Lashayla. Oh my gosh. By the way, I would like to make like my clothing based on the various girls in this lab. Like, I want Lunella's glasses, her like purple tinted glasses, and maybe her roller skates. I want Nadia's like coat that she has and her necklace. Um, Lashayla's. Oh, I need multiple jackets because the jackets that these people wear in this thing, they're like, oh man, it, it's just so much fun what they wear. Um, Nadia has like a belt at one point with like ripped jeans. That's super cute. Um, what else? Oh, and um, who's the girl she meets outside the store that has the blue hair? Awesome hair, like her. Um. Ooh, oh, that has the Tesla tattoo. Yeah, I cannot remember. 
Because okay. uh, I cannot remember her name. Because that wasn't even one she was looking for. That was someone she just ran into. Which is so Nadia. She's just so great. At first I was like, she's a little much. But then I fell in love with her. Because I was like, oh, it's Kamala. Kamala's here. Kamala, Kamala, Kamala. Being even dorkier than ever. But also, can I just say it's great when you start with like somebody flipping over Pakistani donuts. That's how she's like introduced. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Like... And now I really want those donuts. Amber. That was the blue-haired girl with the Tesla tattoo. was Amber. Yeah, I think that's why I was confused. Because someone with blue hair had the name Amber. So. That, that, that does throw you off a little bit, though. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to lie. This took me... I, I was kind of put off for the first issue or two. Oh, really? Yeah. I got over it eventually. But honestly, it came across like it was... I don't like to use this phrase because I think it gets overused, but I can't think of a better one. Like it was trying too hard. To be too cutesy? Yeah, it was like, it was like Squirrel Girl by way of Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> like that's such a deliberate overload of peppy cuteness. I'm like, this, this seems like a... I enjoy this kind of stuff, but this seems like a lot. It was lot. a little too much. Um, I did. I did get into the groove of it eventually, but it it did take me a little bit. <sighs> I think it's because I have. I mean, I think she's supposed to be in her teens. She does not act like a teen. She acts like her pep level is that of like a kindergartner's yeah. almost having. Having kindergarten students, yeah, it it is it is an extreme pep, and I could see how that would turn you off. However, I loved it. And <laughs> it was adorable, and thought she was fun. Um, I think that's though. I think having Kamla there, who was a little less peppy, and who I already knew helped. Um, well, they they were frequently pairing her off with because um, we we don't want to sell the present oversell the presence of of Kamala because she was really only there for the first issue. Yeah. Um, but they were frequently pairing her off with people who, I'm not going to say mellowed her out because I don't think anything could actually mellow no, her, but counterbalanced her. Like how, how dry Jarvis is, that helps. And how <laughs> Mockingbird is kind of like, what is up with these girls at first? Um, yeah, that, that stuff is really necessary. Um, to make it, oh, you know, we forgot to mention the, the big villain throwdown with Pound Cakes. Which is such a great villain name. <laughs> pound oh. Cakes. Which she tries to pound them into cakes and does not succeed. Actually, I really like that throwdown because it was like the peppy girl just being like, wait, you hurt me? Like, what the heck? That's not okay. It was a little, um... It's a little like Reese Witherspoon in Legally Blonde being like, I've had enough. I'm done. I'm taking you down. You know? <laughs> like I think again, it was that was another one of the moments that reminded me like instinctively of Squirrel Girl. Like the way she's like initially she's kind of like really not even like calmly like a negotiate like a hostage negotiating, like, okay, so you know, like, oh, just like almost trying to distract her with pleasant conversation. Mm -hmm. I, and maybe that's the thing. Maybe because I, I don't want to go so far as to say this is 
ripping off Squirrel Girl, but it's it feels very much uh, being done in the same vein. And I wonder if I would have taken to it better if I hadn't read Squirrel, Squirrel Girl. Girl first. Squirrel Girl is pretty awesome. Mm, do I like that better? I just like all the fun girls, and I like the idea behind this of creating a lab. Oh no! It I. All of the components are great. There's just little it's just bits too much. As, as it went along that is either too much or too familiar to something that I already love. Yeah. Which, again, doesn't make this bad, but it makes it a little less fresh, I suppose. Yeah. I will say this would appeal probably to my... I mean, and that's the thing now that I think about it is... She is really not a teenager. She's got the mindset of, like, my third grade girls would like this. Yes. You know, she's got that younger mid, like, mid-elementary to late-elementary peppy mindset. Though I don't know. I have some eighth graders that <laughs> have this level of pep, and honestly. Um, yeah. I, I just adored it. I thought all the girls were adorable. I really liked Lunella and LaShayla were probably my favorite. I did emphasize... I liked, uh, I liked LaShayla's dad a lot. He was great. Oh, so side note, LaShayla's dad, um, when he was talking about, oh, so you're, you want her to be in this lab where she won't be like destroying things in my house anymore? It reminded me, we read this book um, on the Red Clover Award list which is a picture book award for um, Vermont picture books. Um, there's 10 nominated every year. Um, one of them was Whoosh, which was about the inventor of the super soaker. And one of the things he did was just like set fire in his house when he was inventing things <laughs> and like destroyed all his mother's like pots and pans in the process. And so I thought of that. I was like, yeah, they would have really appreciated like someone taking in Lonnie Johnson and being like, we're going to give you your own lab away from your house where your family lives. And like, you can do your experiments here and not destroy everything. I was like, you know what? That does actually ring true <laughs> to inventor kids. Cause you know, they, they st put stuff on fire, set stuff on fire, break windows, like. It is like, honey, I shrunk the kids, like, all over the place mess with windows breaking and whatnot. <laughs> uh, yeah, the, I, I liked that also. Um, it was interesting watching her because um, we have an appearance by Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, who is handling her... Um, her immigration case, mm -hmm. trying to get her citizenship <laughs> status. she wants to be a Yankee Doodle. <laughs> yes, that, yes. She... Uh, she does not know cultural reference points yet. Oh my goodness, no. <laughs> yeah, which Kamala knows too many, and so uh, she, you know, she like butchers how you say Empire Strikes Back, and what was the other thing they were talking about? Oh, yeah, it was that, and oh, I need to see. Let me see this for a minute. Um, <laughs> So, um, while you're doing that, I'll talk about the art. It is a bit more of a stylized art. It's not quite so um, sort of rounded and cartoony as, as Squirrel Harry Girls. Potter, that's the other uh, And she, she spells it Harry like someone's got an excessive amount of hair. Yeah. Harry Potter. 
Um, but it's not quite at that level the that Squirrel Girl is, but it's sort of in that, it's sort of that medium between a more standard art style and that. It kind of meets it halfway. Yeah, and then we have the issue with the grown-up art. Yeah, so at, <laughs> at the tail end, the, this, um, this volume is the, uh, it's either the first three or four I think issues. it's at least four. Um, I remember seeing. Oh, I, I didn't mean three or four. I meant four or five, because um, I I can count. Um, <laughs> Math is hard. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. One, okay. So it's yeah, it's the first four issues, and then it also includes all new, all different Avengers number fourteen, in oh. which she appeared, which is a different um, writer and art team. Uh, this one written by Mark Wade and Jeremy Whitley uh, with Adam Kubert doing the art. Sonia Oback uh, on coloring and uh, Corey Petit as the um, as the letterer. So yeah, this is it, it's it's very much of an actually initially I was confused as to why it was included. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it's really the only chance we get because there isn't anything in the in the other issues where we get to see janet original wasp mm -hmm. and nadia new wasp interacting interacting together and it also actually gets surprisingly touching with nadia kind of breaking down a little bit finding out that acting more like an actual teenager yeah as opposed to like a puppy kindergartner yeah and she kind of breaks down a bit, finding out that the Avengers are not always friends and always working awesome together the way she had idealized them in her head. And this this actually would have been coming off the events of Civil War Two. Oh, dang. So they really weren't. Yes, <laughs> given that one of them the gets, best thing. It dies in the events of civil war Two. it sounds like i was like oh man yeah i didn't read that good. one i didn't i heard it wasn't very good but i i do know that yeah things things got rough and that but that but this issue does give us the micro lab oh which was really cool yeah it took me a while to get into this issue i was like what is this grown-up art stuff going on here like where is my peppy fun story but then it was i mean what was going on in it was actually really interesting so, and the fact that you got a little bit of story behind Janet and just her interactions with Nadia um, were really good. Oh, look, she has like little bug pajamas. <laughs> I think those are dragonflies, but she can, she can branch into other bugs. Yeah, of course. Other, now, this is also worth mentioning. At the very end, um, there's a there's a supplemental section in the in the graphic novel volume, mm -hmm. which is titled Agents of Girl, and this is little girl. <laughs> <laughs> this is little interviews with real women in STEM fields. So we have let me see, we have a paleontologist, um, we have a PhD student. Stutter, studying analytical chemistry. There's a biomolecular, um, engi biomolecular engineer. There's a chemistry professor. Hold on, we got more. Um, 
let's see, an applications engineer, mm -hmm. an aerospace engineer, an experimental plasma physicist. Wow. I don't even know what some of these things are. And a biological anthropologist studying morphological variation. Like you do. <laughs> yeah. So they, their little interviews with, um, with these women, and actually they get asked the, the same question, all eight of them. And the questions are, what kind of work do you do? What excites you about your work? Why are you passionate about young women getting into engineering? Um, or into science, whatever the field is that they're in. Mm -hmm. uh, which female scientists, real or fictional, have inspired you in your work? Do you have a favorite example of clever, unusual, or nonsensical use of science in comics? Mm -hmm. How long have you been reading comics and what was your first comic book? Because all eight of these women are also comic book readers. Oh, cool. I did not read all this in detail. I kind of like read this quickly. I have had a long week. I, I thought it was just really cool. I want to cool. go back to it, though. I, I thought it was really cool to include because it helps make the core concept of this book real. And it's not just, oh, well, that's a nice idea that that cute comic had. You know, all these girls that could come together in a lab and do science. Boy, that, that would be nice. It makes it sort of like, no, th this is a thing that is starting to happen and needs to happen more because here, here are eight women doing this. And it, it takes it from a cute idea in a fictional comic book to, oh, right, that, that's right, there are, there are awesome, brilliant women mm -hmm. out there. So I, 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 I definitely appreciate the, uh, the inclusion of that. Yeah, it's and this actually reading this, um, I have a an advisee, an eighth grader who's really, she's doing her whole like capstone project on engineering and stuff, and I thought about her a lot and how, I want I'd like I'd like to get this for her and you know see what she thinks of it. I don't think she's really into graphic novels much, but I think she could relate to the idea of this. Yeah. Um, so. I think it is it it is inspiring for young girls, and I did actually like the little cool science facts she included. There is a lot of science in here, yeah, which I think is really awesome. I think this. I mean, there's would there's be, techno babble too, but there is there is some actual science. Yes, that I think this would be inspiring to young girls. Yeah. Again, I don't necessarily think for age range. I would think. Um, probably third to sixth grade. Mm. Some older girls might like it, some younger, but um, that would be what I would recommend it for. Yeah. I enjoyed it. No, um, I, I did like it. Um, I know I had to be the, the downer voice a little yeah. bit. But I, I'm sorry, <laughs> but I, no, I, did, okay. I did still like it. I did enjoy it, and I think, it's, I think it's a good piece of work, and I would definitely recommend other people seek it out. I just had a, a couple of little issues with it. And you had your acronym nitpick, so yeah. you know. And and it took me a while to get into the last issue, the Avengers one, because it was such a different tone and art style than this one. Um, yeah, I think those were my main points. Oh, I do want to say I really did sympathize with Priya in it um, when she, because Priya at first is the girl who's trying to be popular. Um, basically, she's this young, I think she's Indian. Um, I believe so. 
trying to fit in, um, you know, a child of immigrants, and she's trying to fit in with the popular girls who are these very vapid um, blondes, essentially, <laughs> and, says the blonde. But, um, and I just, you know, that is, that rings true with the play of teenage girls. Like, they know that these girls aren't really their thing. They don't really like them, but they just want to fit in and they want to feel popular. And, you know, if these are the, and especially when you're starting to like boys, you're like, well, these are the girls who the boys like. So if, you know, if I want to find a boyfriend and try to fit in, like, yeah, and I know at first, like, because I, I could see some people being like, well, Priya, you know, tells Nadia off, and, like, it's like, I don't want to do this. Like, I get that, you know? Like, it, she's, it, this is like a, the real world she's trying to live in, and Nadia's still in La La Land, <laughs> you know? Well, that's, I, I didn't make that Kimmy Schmidt um, comparison idly. Yeah, no, she she just got out of the bunker. Like, I think at one point they call it, like, a bunker or something, and it's, it, that's pretty much it. She is Kimmy Schmidt. She, Nadia is she, Kimmy. She is Kimmy Schmidt's superhero. Kimmy Schmidt's superhero. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that is the unstoppable wasp. So we're going to take a quick break, and then we have um, listener feedback. Ah. Uh. After a long day of criminal activity, there's nothing I like better than to sit down and listen to the old radio. Wait a minute, that's not a radio, it's... Plastic Man! Plastic Man! Plastic Man! That's right, it's the Plastic Cast, a brand new podcast dedicated to Plastic Man. I'm your host, Max Romero. Together, we'll be talking about Plastic Man in the Golden Age, the Silver Age, the Bronze Age, and every other age you can think of, right up to his upcoming reappearance in DC Rebirth. We'll also be talking about any Plastic Man news that might be coming up, and his appearances in every media from comics to cartoons. Whew. Makes me woozy just to think about it. I hope you'll join me to talk about the longest arm of the law here on the Plasticast, here on the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Plastic Man! So, last episode, we talked, uh, we actually had a double feature talking about Athena and Hera from the Olympian series Don't by George, George <laughs> O'Connor. Uh, and we had a lot more comments, uh, apparently spurred on by the fact that I actually included a gallery page so people could see the art. Also, I asked a question. Yeah, yeah, there's that too. So, um... <laughs> So dismissive. I don't mean to be dismissive, but it, it's laid out blatantly in multiple of these comments that. Oh. That the art that that me including the art gave them more to feedback on. So I think that. So you know what that means for unstoppable love. That's a thing I now ha have. To, I now yeah, have to do. Yeah, 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 you do. Okay, so first one. You want to take that? It's short. Oh, okay. Never heard of this series, but man, oh man, is that beautiful artwork. Thanks for adding a gallery post, Lazy Bones. Sorry, I was cracking up during that. Yeah. Thanks for adding a gallery post, Lazy Bones. Yeah, that one from uh, Rob Kelly. Yes, yep. that was from Rob. You bugger. Um, Tim Price! <laughs> Tim! Tim, by the way, I think you should try um, Unstoppable Wasps with your daughters. 
Um, I think they would like it a lot from the other things you've said you've read with them. So give it a try. Um, so Tim said, seconded for the gallery page. Like I said, multiple people. Mm -hmm. Thank you for posting that, Nathaniel. <laughs> yeah, don't don't thank me for doing the the amount yeah, of work no. that every other person on the network has done, and I have been <laughs> avoiding. Don't praise me for Slow that. No clap for you <laughs> for, for, for for finally meeting the bar that everyone else has been leaping over since the inception of the network. Don't praise me for that. Um, <laughs> O'Connor's art is much better than I expected from the episode. Wow. Um, I get the feeling people were undersold on the art because you weren't a fan I of it. I was not a you fan were, of it. You were kind of harsh on it. Um, but no. he, I mean, nothing's going to beat that woman elegy at this point for artwork. Oh, boy. Yeah, that's true. If, that, if that's your new mental standard, you need to adjust. Um, uh, that, yeah, yeah, na nothing's going to be unstoppable wasp for cuteness, but I will be impressed if anything makes me think that it's better artwork than, than Batwoman Elegy. Um, so Tim, in regards to Athena and Harris, said, I checked with my daughters and I hadn't heard of this series either. We're all intrigued and we'll let you know if we pick these books up. Ginny has read some of the Goddess Girls series, which obviously did... Um, well on focusing on the women in each story, albeit not as authentic as Olympians. It's a shame Hera's book drops the ball on that front, although if Hercules was, uh, was instead written as Heracles, it could be marginally better. Uh, since I'm already a little bit off the rails, I'll plug a YouTuber I enjoy, Dale Kingsmill. She regularly tells the story of myths in her own words and has covered the Greek gods a lot, not afraid to call them out for being massive jerks so much. Her, the jerk. Yeah. As for Greek mythology, Arachne's story is probably my favorite, mm. so tragic and gods being jerks, but can't help it. I love it. Also can't go wrong with women archers, Artemis and Diana, Atlanta, uh, Katniss. Oh wait, scratch that one. <laughs> I asked my girls, uh, and one didn't really have a favorite, but Ginny also votes for Artemis. Uh, so I'm the Ohatmu or not guy on this network, really? It's 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 because of of how much fun they have saying your name on that show, Tim. That's that's why. Uh, he says, "I don't mean I'm. I mean I don't mind. It's fine. I just don't understand how that happened." I think I've been much more vocal about your show, My Punchers. You have, Tim, but it, it's it's hearing the French-Canadian woman say your name. It's... it's How did they say it? Tim Priest. Oh, that's great. Uh, um, oh, side note, the mention of Arachne. Um, I like the presentation of Arachne, and I can't remember which one she showed up in, but it was one of the Percy Jackson books, or maybe um, the sequel series. Um, but I really like how it's presented, because she actually goes up against um, Annabeth, who is sort of the the love interest slash um, main female in that series, and who is the daughter of Athena. So um, if you like Arachne stories, that's a good one. I would have to look up which one it's in, and you kind of need to read the whole series to figure out what's going on. But, um, yeah. little plug for an Arachne story there. Woo! In literature and how it's presented. 
Uh, Gene Hendricks wrote as well. He said, yeah, the Greek gods have a lot of problems, mainly stemming from being, quote, Richards. Uh, with no comeuppance as a result. This series does look interesting, though, and I may have to look it up for my daughter to read. For more of my thoughts on the Greek myth, on the Greek gods, uh, check out this episode, and Gene provided a link to one of uh, the episodes of his own show, uh, The Hammer Strikes Podcast. So, Lots of good links yep. in these comments. And finally, Brian Linton, great episode. I was a big fan of Greek mythology back in elementary and middle school and would have eaten up a series like this. My daughter was on a Greek mythology kick about a year or so ago, so she might enjoy this one as well. As a kid, my favorite myth was probably Jason and the Golden Fleece, which features the interesting female character Medea, and my favorite god was Hermes. Hermes is good. I probably, if I was exclusively looking at male gods, Hermes would probably be my favorite too. Mm. Yeah, he, yeah, he's a he's a good one. He's fun. I believe my daughter had a particular fondness for the story of Orion the Hunter, which features the goddess Artemis. Yep. And so that's the... Thanks so much, guys. So, yeah. Um, so the girls really like Artemis. I, I guess I was in good company. Still am in good company. So, yes. inspiring. Girls in multiple generations. Woo! Yeah. So, yeah, thanks a lot, guys. And I, I will put up a gallery. Yeah, you will. From now on, because obviously it helps. There's lots of cuteness to put up in this 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 volume there is i'll work on that but i think that'll about wrap us up for this one so thanks for listening everybody um go out and see ant-man and the wasp when it comes out i think we could all use a nice um lighter palate cleanser after infinity war so oh my gosh (laughs) wow yeah yeah it wouldn't take much to be lighter than that (laughs) so go out enjoy that check out this book if you get a chance and uh we'll talk to you in a month Bye. bye bye Punch Like a Girl is a Council of Geeks production. This show is presented on the Fire and Water Network and feedback can be left at fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at punchlikeagirl1. The theme music is composed and recorded by Erica Dreisbach, whose other works can be found at ericaricardo.com. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.